Welcome to Supply Chain Radio. I'm Greg Kiefer, and today I'm joined in the studio by John Navernick. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Greg. Good to be here. So, John, we're going to do a little series here on Supply Chain Radio over the, over the coming weeks or months and really kind of get into the topic of supply chain visibility. And I happen to know that a big part of your day job is focused around supply chain visibility. That's what you do for a living. You're a supply chain visibility guy, right? I am, Greg. I spend most of my day working on that. It's a lot of fun. We get to see a lot of different problems from a lot of different people. Right, right. What's well, amazing, actually, I mean, you're being a little bit joking here, but but what's true about it is over the course of the past decade, I mean, you've been involved in putting visibility in at a lot of very large global companies and have been on the front lines to see what works, what doesn't, how it's being used, et cetera, correct? That's true. You've also been around the evolution of visibility. If you go back to what it looked like years ago or what people kind of considered a long time ago, it was very simple. It gets broader and more complex over time, which is also interesting. Some of it has to do with technology. Some of it has to do with just the way business has changed and evolved over the last few years and how rapidly it's changed or just – some aspects of it has just been changes of the way conditions in the market have shifted as far as the way ports operate and things like that. People have had to change their views of visibility. It's funny because on one hand, you're right. It's been around for probably 20 years in some sort of a software market state. It's still very undefined. There's a lot of companies that are saying they have it. They're not all the same. There's many different versions of supply chain visibility. I guess if you could just kind of summarize how you would define supply chain visibility. How would you describe it, you know, in, in fairly short order? I don't know about short order. I'll try my best to be short there, Greg. <laughs> I don't know that that's going to be possible. But I think it's funny when you say companies have been talking about supply chain visibility for over 20 years. I think it's been a long time. I can remember the first company I ever met that did something for supply chain visibility. And that was probably in 93. Okay, there you go. So it's been a long time. So I think that's interesting as well. But I think when you look at visibility as a whole, I think when companies should look at it, it should be really focused around the flow of inventory. You're not solving a logistical problem as far as whether or not a shipment's late or an order's tracking on time, but it's more the problem of where your product is and if it's going to get there on the right, the right time where you want it. So it's all about understanding where product is across your entire supply chain. And it's not just the movements of goods, it's what's happening prior to moving and what's happening when they're stationary and the impact of that when it has to leave one of those places. It's trying to tie all that together and getting one end-to-end view of that inventory picture. Right That's now, you you say short end, way. right, so you say end end, mm-hmm. and so to find those bookends of well, that. Well, so I always think it's it's really looking at a supply and demand problem. So you're looking at the end to end from how your supply is impacting your demand. So it's getting those two pictures together and tying them together in a view. So you're trying to do that. A lot of customers try to do that through planning engines and how they execute across their supply chain as things move or as things get built. It changes the picture all the time, and your your engines can't necessarily react to it quickly. So having visibility of those sooner allows, one, you to take action faster or sooner, which could totally reduce the problem in your network. And two, feeding that into your engines to make them better at making decisions is also very important. Right, right. So I often like to say, you know, visibility is sort of turning the lights on across your supply chain into all of these different aspects whether it's production or logistics or planning or demand and supply and all the different signals that you have to kind of connect together. One thing that's obviously happened in 20 years is the evolution of technology delivery, right? It used to be license and install software, and it's largely moved to the cloud and, and networks. Do you think that that technology evolution has is, is helped visibility systems evolve to this more advanced state? I thought you were going to go somewhere else there with, with that one question, Greg, because your, your concept is evolve. Has it made visibility involved? I think what it has done is made 
it more obtainable for customers to have. I don't know that it's evolved greatly. I think there are other factors in the technology stack than, you know, maybe software as a service op offerings or cloud. I think that is actually a good enabler for many companies to gain on. I think there's the concept of getting network. Probably talk about this later, but as you know, visibility or anything that you're trying to track, it's lifeblood. It's the way it kind of moves through the supply chain is through data and oxygen. Having better access to that makes it a lot easier. So being a little bit in the, in the cloud or having a, a SaaS offering allows you to be a little more collaborative, allows you to collect data a lot easier, allows everyone to play on the same level playing field when it comes to seeing the data and what's operating in your supply chain. I think if you go really from a practice perspective, I think what has happened is more companies, and it's interesting when you think about one very large retail company out there, but in general, most companies still outsource a fair amount of their work, and they have companies, other organizations operating on their behalf of supply chain. So having something in the cloud or in a SaaS offering makes it a lot easier because those people can react around the same exact data your team would be acting on, which makes them you know, part of the overall, your global group. That was harder when it was an on-prem solution or you know, technology in that world. I think that makes it a lot easier. I think that helps companies deploy faster and come up to speed a little bit quicker. That would be probably where I think that evolution has helped more from that perspective right. than actually the technology maybe, maybe making visibility better. I think it makes it better because it's more collaborative. But I, I think, in essence, the on-prem did, the, did that. You just have a better way, a better platform to deliver it on right. and have people collaborate on. You touched on the network dimension mm -hmm. and data. And obviously, you need, a, you need some kind of a network to make visibility work, to collect from all of these different partners that you've outsourced or are working with in a supply chain. What's your take on networks? Are all networks created equal, or are there different ways to, to get at that piece of the visibility puzzle? Interesting. I think a network, not all networks are created equal. I think that's, if you're the central point of the nucleus of a network and then everyone attaches to you, that's your own internal network. Kind of works okay. It can work for you. I think it's a little better if you have like maybe more of that concept of network of networks of folks kind of communicating all together and sharing a bunch of information. I think it makes it a little easier for companies to adopt and to collaborate. Again, the nice thing about the network of network is more as a collaboration effect that you get, like the crowdsourcing concept that you might have around that. I think that's where those come into effect. I think what's interesting about the network that I think we're still not wholly adopted to is who are all the parties that need to be on the network? I think when people think of visibility, I think maybe, you know, enterprises and maybe suppliers and maybe carriers and maybe a couple of the brokers and folks. But I think as we evolve going further, the amount of different participants that are on your network, either that you know about or don't know about, it's going to be interesting. And I think that, again, is another area where having a cloud offering or something like that, bringing those to the network and then blasting that out across a bunch of you know networks of networks is actually going to be an interesting factor. Because I think external parties that you never thought you needed are going to actually participate more in a network than what you're getting today. Right, right. And, and in theory, if they've got an internet connection, they can get onto the network. And it's, I guess, that you call on this notion of level of participation, right? And, and, and for example, a big 3PL that's handling all of your logistics, major participant, right, versus a small 
supplier somewhere in Indonesia that's providing one component of something bigger. But at the end of the day, they both have to be on the network, right? Yeah. And I think that's a simple view of the network. But what I'm talking about is parties you would not necessarily consider on the network, right? Do you ever consider like an insurance company being on a network for help you for supply chain? Do you ever think of like to some extent a bank being on your supply chain? I think as the network grows and the use of visibility and cloud to help supply chain out in general, I think you're going to see different participants on a network. I think who you get data for to perform certain things is going to be different as you try to optimize your supply chain for cost and service. And I think that makes the cloud nice is that concept that you you mentioned earlier. They just, they're on there and they all are on there. And I think when you think about it from a on-prem, getting more of those participants on becomes much more difficult. When you think about expanding your network, the nice thing about the cloud is you're not constrained, right? You can bring as many folks onto the network as you need. And then that information can be disseminated across everybody that's on the network, not just the one enterprise. Right. So if you're to look ahead five years, where do you see visibility going next? Or maybe it's already started on this path. You hear a lot about blockchain and IoT and all these new buzzy things, but where do you see it? How do you see it maturing? I think blockchain still, five years, blockchain still still will be a player somewhere along the way. I still think that needs to find its way right. out. I don't know that that, that adoption is going to be quite as quick. I think IoT, that's the next breakthrough of information, right? So how do I simplify my access to data? And I think that's what customers are struggling with on a daily basis is I need more data to make better decisions. That's ultimately what visibility is trying to help with, not at the end of the day, the flow and all that, but everyone believes more data gives you better information. Now, the data itself is meaningless unless you can tie it to a bunch of transactions and a bunch of meaningful stuff, like your shipments or your inventory. So just getting IoT-related events might provide you some value, but that goes no different than saying just getting a status message on a shipment can provide you some value. There is some value there, So I think what you'll find in the future is the access to information that you apply to your supply chain is going to be a lot less what I'd consider traditional, so maybe five years ago, than what you do today. So you'll think about IoT, you'll think about streaming data, you'll think about news, weather, all these things people have talked about is just going to become more and more accessible. And you think about components of risk and how that applies to your supply chain. I believe most companies in five years from now will have a pretty good feel as inventory flows through their supply chain, how different aspects of conditions besides just the movement impact their supply chain. So how does, how does weather impact me? How does, how does news impact my supply chain? How do those disruptions really impact me and understand it a lot better than what they do? I think that information is becoming more readily available than what you have today. Even though there are people kind of nibbling at it at the moment, I think it's still very difficult to generate value out of it at the moment. I think when you look five years out, you're going to know exactly, hey, that storm that's rocking through the Northeast right now is going to impact all my customer deliveries at this point in time. And customers will be jazzed up about that. Now, them turning that into better satisfaction to their end users or how they react to it, I think still probably will need to be flushed out in those five years. But I think most of our customers will be really working on that problem. Right. Well, we'll probably have another several podcasts to dive into IoT and some of these other areas. But John, that's been a good high-level overview. We'll be back with some other discussions about this. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Greg. It's great talking to you. Okay. This is Supply Chain Radio, and we're signing off. (laughs) 